Hello and welcome to the Hemp Collective podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Potter. Today I'm speaking with Ramon Granados uh, from Hemp Engineering. He's based in Perth, Australia. Uh, Ramon, originally from the Caribbean, and uh, we talk about his epiphany from being involved in the oil and gas industry and his transition into hemp and the work that he's doing within the hemp industry as a consultant and using his years of experience in project management. So it gives me great pleasure today to introduce you to Ramon Granados, uh, who is a hemp expert and uh, good uh, good afternoon, Ramon. How are you? Good afternoon, Andrew Potter. This is an interesting introduction. I don't consider myself uh, an expert, quite honestly, compared with um, other pioneers that have been dedicating their life for over 30 years, people that I have met in the United States and Europe. Um, I consider actually myself a newcomer to the industry. I have been just three, four years in the business, but I have always been an advocate of cannabis in in many ways uh, throughout my lifetime. Uh, Very well connected to that on that regard. When I was 19 years old, I was baptized as Rastafarian. Um, I'm from the Caribbean, so it's, uh, it's a very common medicine for spiritual, religious, and, and mindful uh, purposes. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Nevertheless, before I came to the to the uh, to hemp industry, uh, uh, after working 25 years designing and building oil and gas refineries around the world. Um, I ended up in Denver, California, in NOCO, 2016, to be precise. And that visit basically changed my life completely because I realized that uh, cannabis was much more than just smoking. It was a whole universe that could literally uh, change the world for good. So after being, you know, part of that industry that has contaminated the world, I found soul redemption. So I'm bring, so basically what I'm doing is bringing all this uh, project management knowledge uh, to service the plant in, 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 in a way that um, we can scale up to industrial levels uh, that can basically uh, help to solve to solve problems of hunger, of people, of clothing, but primarily uh, accommodations, housing. We can build homes with house uh, with um, with with hemp. And that's something I wanted to discuss with you in a little bit more detail as well. But yes, it's very interesting your story from the original thoughts that most people have of of hemp being simply cannabis and being a a drug, uh, and then understanding that the journey that this plant, this amazing hemp plant, has so many different derivatives of what we can actually do with it. It's almost boggling, mind boggling as to where where to start. But for you, 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 you've got your, I wouldn't say niche as such, but you have your, your place. And I guess that's, that's accommodation for you, which is important. So 
tell us a little bit more of, of what you're doing in the building space, accommodation space. Well, uh, my like I like I said earlier, my my background is engineering, which I have three careers of them. Um, what I'm looking for is to fill the space where we can actually uh, manage large um, construction projects um, on that regard. So um, I have been lately doing some uh, engineering services for some clients around the world. I, I prepare for them the project. I engage the architect. We get from the architect um, some data that is required to calculate the estimate. And then I do the scheduling um, and the cash flow that the client would require to come on board into his project. So I help them to take the best economic um, decisions on this regard. So I, go, I work very close to, to, to with my clients. So I got a project in Sydney ongoing another one in Malaysia, another one in Puerto Rico. So uh, yes, the business is um, uh, I delivered lately another project in, in Singapore. All those are project formulations that are for, for um, a small fee compared of the total project, give the client the uh, total overview of what it's gonna be looking at. And construction is just one of the those small spaces where a project is, uh, you need a much larger, as, as an owner, you need a much larger um, a broad uh, of vision on that regard. So hemp engineering tries to fill this space. And that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Thank and you, Andrew. Sure, and I suppose that, that that's why important that you, what you are in this, this space is, is that understanding of, of bridging the gap between normal, not normal, but you know what I mean, uh, cons uh, construction industry now and bridging that gap with this new product and being able to actually deliver in a way that makes sense to those individuals that are gonna be building these projects. So they need your expertise and from your past experience in order to bring bridge that gap. So it's amazing the work that you're doing. Um, so when it comes to accommodate the, the challenges, is there any particular challenges that you have to face that's different from any other uh, material that you're using when, you, when we're talking about hemp? Well, um, hempcrete itself is a miracle construction material that that uh, doesn't quite uh, like any any science. It's got a lot of details. Uh, that come from micro levels and, nano, and nanoparticle levels all the way up to building with hempcrete. Hempcrete is perhaps one of the oldest and easiest technology that you can achieve from hemp. It is just, uh, you know, mixing the herd, which is the internal part of the, of, of the stock, which you get it through a process that is called decortication. Um, you get those particles and you mix it with lime and water and or you just need to make sure that you have a proper foam work. So, um, uh, of course, there are some hundreds of details there that we can talk for hours. There are people that have dedicated their life to the understanding of the hempcrete itself. From my perspective, it's, hempcrete has a 
a similarity to concrete. Um, concrete is what civil engineers study for years. So yeah, there are hundred ways to mix this and to calculate it, that there is a long way to achieve the science that we want, a lot of testing because uh, things are changing. But what we are facing now is that we need to have um, standards and procedures for, for approval. We need to make sure that our engineering standards are follow. And for that, we need to do a lot of work. We are not there yet. And you say you're not there yet, uh, but there is things happening, which is important. But I suppose the challenge for you then is, is to be able to explain to those builders, those, those people who are wanting to construct, the benefits of swapping from traditional concrete to this hempcrete, which again, some of our listeners may have heard for the first time. But this, this, this item, which is called, which is made of hemp, can be converted into what we as a lay person would consider as concrete. That's quite new to, to the average person on the street. So what you're saying is that absolutely. this is still a new... Absolutely, Andrew, you, you are absolutely right, my brother, in that regard, because the benefits of, the specific benefits of hemp uh, range from, from uh, fire resistance, which is some, perhaps one of the best characteristics of the material for, for Australia. It is anti-termite, but more, more, more important is that most houses that are built from hempcrete are, it, it's been found that the house inside is, you don't need heater, you don't need air conditioning. So when you, when you look at these just simple three uh, characteristics, you can, you can come to a conclusion that you can have um, a self-sustainable house because in the moment that you connect this uh, thermal, thermal property of, the, of a house, plus you capture your energy from the sun. And then within those houses, we, we will use the hemp batteries that we are gonna start a rising capital for. Uh, you have, um, you live in a powerhouse. <laughs> A uh, uh, bi uh, uh, biotechnology uh, butter, hemp battery. I was it's about to ask you, that, that's what I was going to ask you. I have come across this term, but in, in a nutshell, can you explain what a hemp battery would look like? Well, um, it will look like exactly like any other battery because the form of the battery is, uh, there are a hundred ways to, you know, to skin the cat. But the composition of our batteries, rather than using lithium, we are using the, uh, the, the hemp. The hemp is processed to, um, is converted to biochar and then converted to, uh, with other mix, into the battery. So we have um, behind this project, Mr. Carl Martel, which is the uh, cannabis scientist from, from Canada, uh, Mr. Um, uh, and, and we have joined a company that is that is called Biomass Engineering, where we are uh, we have um, two others, uh, um, 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 
partners, one in the United States and another one in Sydney. And we are all behind this project. Yes. And so how far are you to market with, with this hemp battery? Um, to market it, uh, commercially speaking, is, it is a matter of rising the first seed capital that we're gonna start doing it very soon. We already have the pitch ready and it's just a matter of targeting the precise uh, companies. Um, <clears throat> we need green mine investors to understand that this is uh, new technology, uh, but the tests are overwhelming. So if we really wanna go into a commercial stage, we really need to start thinking in the quantity that we want to put out. Um, it is an engineering process to calculate the actual marketing, what we want to do. So that, that, is, that is all explained in the, in the, in, you know, in the justification of, of the seed capital that we will need. And just moving on from that, so, if I, may, Andrew, just to, if I may, Andrew, just to complete this. Uh, yeah, sure. Yes. <clears throat> like for, for instance, uh, our last, the, the, my last client is a client from Southeast Asia, and he hired our services with the intention to calculate what is the best answer to, to build 1,000 homes made out of hemp. So that number is still is, um, uh, very uh, big for uh, in terms of the size of the industry. But I was inspired by another uh, colleague in Thailand that they want to build a hemp city. And then, you know, after discussion with the client, I, I simply realized that I should take the leadership on, on promoting this idea because this will kick off uh, the whole complete uh, uh, change, uh, supply change of the industry. So I want to build hemp cities anywhere on earth, not just in Thailand. <laughs> and that's amazing. I think as, as well, Australia, uh, I was speaking to other people that are from the growing side of things. Uh, they, they, particularly Queensland, but, but other parts of Australia too, consider Australia as a country very well poised geographically to be able to, first of all, grow hemp, secondly, deal with whatever needs to be dealt with to actually make it into a product and then get it out into the wider market, notwithstanding obviously the US being a huge market. But do you, would you think that, would you agree that Australia is very well poised to, if it had the vision, to actually take this, this wonderful plant and, and create something brand new? Look, look um, Andrew, the origin, what I have found in, the, in my readings is that the original intention of colonize uh, Australia by British was to grow hemp. And well, the history turned out to be something else, but uh, something else, but um, that's what I have found in my readings. So this, this is, quite uh, true because the, not just the geographical conditions, but the atmospherics and the soil conditions give a uh, competitive advantage to Australia over Argentina or over South Africa in the Southern Hemisphere. Uh, 
yes, we could become a hub of cannabis um, in, 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 short, in very short time. Uh, and a hub means that we can grow thousands of uh, hectares in dry land and in three, four, five years, we can have all that area refor, refor, you know, basically reforested um, 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 high productions of everything that we need in terms of food, clothing, and technology for everything, plastic and handwood and you name it. So yes, it, it is a matter of a, politi uh, uh, a political decision rather than a technological decision. The good news uh, is that in, in Western Australia, we have selected the first two parliamentarians that represents the cannabis uh, interest. And this is a big shout to the whole world because that's where the war is heading. Hemp is the solution. The solution to capture CO2. Um, and like I just mentioned, the, it can give us medicine, it can give us everything that we need. And I suppose that's, that's the challenge with this plant. I was, I was speaking to some, as I say, some growers up in Townsville. And I said, well, where do you start? And, he's, and the guy said to me, look, you've got to start somewhere and not get uh, distracted by all the many things that this plant can do. So start off what interests you and then build it from there. Because we're not only talking about construction, I, I understand about the, 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 the way that we can revolutionize homes in Australia particularly and throughout the world, but also the fact that our supply chain, if COVID-19 hasn't taught us anything, it's told us that we our supply chain in this country is hanging by a thread. And if we can create our own foodstuffs, our own clothing and our own products from hemp rather than plastics, then we're not relying on overseas countries to give us the kind of um, goods that we're used to seeing in some of the supermarkets and, and shopping centers that we see every day. Uh, wouldn't you agree? 100%. And the good thing is that uh, because you, if you focus in local market, it will give us a competitive advantage in many ways because we could we, uh, we could use the universities to focus in creating products, new products that does not exist and we can do with hemp. The idea is, uh, you know, when I started this business, I thought of I thought of that we were in a technological race, which I believe, but I still believe, but the truth of the matter is that we are basically in a technological war because, and the war is biotechnology. We need to find biotechnology's answers to tackle the problem of the CO2 to start with. And at the same time that we could use all those uh, trash that is, you know, just being in a landfill that we could potentially reuse it, mix it with hemp. Um, then the rest is history. This is, an, 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 this is an unknown world that is more positive than negative. 
All we need to do is just grow. And by growing, we can create, when you have large quantities of material, then the, the creativity is there. When it's, when it's restricted because of the prohibition mentality, then you get scarcity. So it is very simple. We need to achieve into a more positive thinking and understanding that the prohibition that has led us to take these kind of decisions, political decisions is completely wrong and is out of date. And even in the United States themselves, they are speeding up the, the, the laws so that they can you know, spread up the knowledge and that the industry can grow. So don't, let's not be blind. It's more important that there are hundreds of other engineers that can be, uh, their skills can be easily transferable to the cannabis industry. So yes, there are hundreds of opportunities, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for that, uh, Ramon, and thank you for your time. Uh, I believe that this is not gonna be the last time we hear from you, and I hope it's not. But I think on this last question to you, uh, what, do, what does the future hold for you, yourself, as in, in this industry? Um, uh, you must keep that power to ja, <laughs> to the higher forces. Yes, my intention is what I just explained. And, you know, every actions that we do in life must have a resonance in the universe. So and you let history to do what it has to be done. What I see is that we can do uh, a lot of repair um, in, for ourselves this time of COVID has achieved uh, us in many ways because uh, it is uh, quite understandable that health is number one priority. Without health, you cannot survive. It might sound crazy about these vaccines and all these lockdowns and else, but uh, when a family gets sick, uh, one of them has a, a, a flu, um, everybody gets sick. So the only way that you isolate, that's the old way. So um, we are in the same situation. If you are sick, you're gonna be spreading a virus around for one way or another because it's, it's, it's a virus that truly kills. Personally speaking, I have had a lot of friends and I'm no relative or close friend that have been sick, others die. Um, so uh, we are in an era that we have to embrace the change. And, and this plan has been forbidden for so long and that we, all we need to do is just reopen what it was there and use it for the benefit of humankind. Thank you for that, Ramon, and thank you for now. Uh, but I'm sure we'll be hearing more from you. Thank you. Let's rock and roll. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thank you to Ramon uh, for your inspiring uh, words and enthusiasm within the hemp industry. Next time, I'll be speaking with Johan Tyson and Glenn Donohoe of Hemp Block Australia. They're going to give us insights as to actual buildings that are now in process of being built or have been built that are solely made of hemp. To follow us, we're on Twitter and Instagram. Just search for the Hemp Collective podcast. 
And we're also on Clubhouse under my name, which is at Andrew Potter. Follow us there. You'll get all the up-to-date uh, information. And obviously, we're on our website, which is thehempcollective.net.au. That's thehempcollective.net.au. And should you wish to share your story of uh, your hemp journey, email us, podcast at thehempcollective.net.au. That's podcast at thehempcollective.net.au. Thank you.